Yo, what is good, everyone? Welcome to Bottom of the Bottle, episode five. And today we got a good one for you guys. Who's on it? Uh, we we got, got Brandon Elgar from fucking Palisades. Oh, yeehaw, cowboy. Yeah, I go way back with that dude. And Blake does too. Yeah, we both go way back with that dude. Yeah, we toured with him in his old band. Yeah, from, from Half Pipes to Rock AM Ring <laughs> with this motherfucker. Uh, but no, Brandon's awesome. Uh, and I had a really good conversation with him. And uh, yeah, but before we dive into this episode, quick little shameless plug. Uh, if you are in need, your band or brand in need of any design, photo, or video content, I kind of make all that shit. So, oh, you do? Yeah, dude. Everything from cover art, um, album packaging, merch designs, photography, music videos, all that shit. Like a one-stop um, shop. One-stop shop for your band or brand, baby. We can do it all I over like it. at KendallJohns.com. That's K-E-N-D-A-L-L-J-O-H-N-S.com. Hit me up. And we could book a project and mention this podcast, and I'll cut you a fucking deal. All right, baby? Wow. All right. Yeah. I like it. So just a little bit of opening thoughts. Um, first of all, how you doing, dude? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. I'm excited. We're here. We're doing the thing. Doing the goddamn thing. Yeah, goddamn it. Goddamn. goddamn. Yeah. So recently, um, I made a comment to my parents about their truck. Because that was the for the truck that we did some of the first Tides tours in. Oh, yeah. Old Faithful. Yeah. And uh, I told my parents, I was like, you think this is your truck, but this is my truck. <laughs> because it's like, I've taken that truck everywhere. I got the history with that fucking thing. Dude. So then, when I was down there for my birthday, they were like, hey, do you want the truck? No way. And I was like, um, that's a big thing to just like, I don't know if I could just take it. I'm thinking about it. But so, I've I've thought about it and i definitely want this fucking truck yeah yeah it's like it's fucking sick it's just like an early 2000s gmc sierra but um it's reliable i know that for a fact yeah and it, it fucking goes it torques it's got high mileage but it's been in the family so it's it's all good but so then my my thinking kept going uh-huh. so last week i just rewatched like almost all the fast and furious movies yes and my inner dominic toretto <laughs> has been <laughs> screaming at me and I probably would never use it, but I looked up how much NOS uh, kits were. Shut up. And I was like, dude, I should get a fucking NOS kit dude, in the truck. You have to now. And it's got a setter console that comes up, so I would just rip out the middle seat and then keep it down. So I would probably never use it because I'm never going to need to like top out and floor out at 200 miles an hour in fucking downtown Portland well, in city traffic. You might need to. Yeah. But so I was like, but dude, how cool of a flex would it be to just lift up the center console and be like, I got fucking NOS, bitch. Dude. You don't want to fuck with me. Oh, my God. In a truck. And I, and I don't know if you can do that. I, so I don't think it's technically legal, but yeah. you're going to do it anyways. You better. Oh, yeah. Like, I just think do, it, do it for the gram at least. I know. And it's only like, dude, you can get like a mid-range NOS kit for like five to seven hundred. <laughs> That's not that much. Dude, you, you've researched it. I have. But... Uh, it since it's such a high stress thing on the engine, engine reinforcement costs a lot of money, mm. and yeah. so that's where I was like, I'll probably never use it, but I'll just have it in the car ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> and so if anyone says shit, I'll just lift up my center console and be like, dude, you want to fucking go, man? <laughs> your your bitch car doesn't have fucking nos in it, but mine does. Dude, you have to. This is, I know. Oh my god, I so, love it. <laughs> I fucking love it. So yeah, that's what I've been thinking about this last week. God damn. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. Any opening thoughts for you? Uh, Not really. I'm just excited to be here. 
Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. It's well, a good time. Well, yeah. Uh, we got a great episode for you guys coming up. So I think it's time to start the fucking show. Oh, well, then roll the fucking music. Roll the fucking music. We decided that it was time to bring you the hard and the heavy. Kendall Johns from Dead Crown. You know, to be honest, we're on a podcast, you know, like we're shooting real shit. Yeah, go follow that motherfucker. Go follow that motherfucker. Now, you've been on my radar for a while. Yeah. There, we there you go. go. I love yeah. you. There's a, there's a quote. I don't want to talk shit, but <laughs> step it up a little bit. All right, you guys already know what fucking time it is. It's time to take some shouts. Taking shots, all right. What you got for me this week? All right, so the first thing, Of Mice and Men. Yee. They put out a new single for their new album. Yeah, is it good? It's pretty good. It actually goes back to their, like, metalcore sound. Oh, fuck yeah. It's not so much, like, arena rock, what they've been doing. And uh, I just wanted to know your opinion about that, because uh, you know, you have a history with Aaron Pauly, kind of. Yeah, so we Rise the Tides, we went and recorded our very first really shitty EP with Aaron Pauly. Um, it was a really weird scenario, this like small startup label who like knew all those guys, uh, like signed us. And so we went down there and we recorded, we like made a music video, but yeah, we like were basically camping in his parents' backyard, made this record with him. And this was back in, like, 2011, 2012. So this was a minute ago. <laughs> and it was actually, we were there when he got the phone call to fill in for Up My Cement on Warp Tour. Yeah. So he was making our really shitty record, which was the last thing he wanted to do. His parents were moving out of the house we were recording in, so he, he had to, like, wrap shit up. Then he was getting calls to be in Of My Cement, and then Jamie's Elsewhere, I think, was not doing so hot at the time. As far as like his stance in the band and everything, yeah. So it was just kind of like, man, looking back at it, that dude was probably going through a lot of shit. But because of that, and because I know Aaron, and he's, um, I mean, I, I, we, we follow each other on Twitter, and like we'll talk shit on Twitter sometimes. But I don't think he like remembers me, really. I doubt that. He's got to remember he that. He might, but we're not like best fucking friends or even like friends. You yeah. know, we just kind of maybe know each other from way back then but that's, that's uh, still pretty cool yeah um but so yeah that shit was crazy but when he when the whole thing happened with austin carlisle leaving the band i was just like fuck yeah because i instantly <laughs> had a bias because I, I i also fell in love with jamie's elsewhere yeah. his old band and so i've just been an aaron i've been an aaron pauler for a minute Aaron Pauler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah fuck a jake pauler i'm an aaron pauler um so yeah, like as soon as he started front of the band, I was just like, "Fuck yeah, I'm about, I'm about it." And I love um, their last "Defy," I think is what it's called. Was that their last record? Maybe. I think it was I "Defy" or whatever. I don't know. Something I, like that. I liked it though. I really liked it. There were some fucking good ass tunes on there. And Aaron Pauly's the fucking boy. He kills it. Hell yeah. How do you feel about them going back to the more metalcore sound? Well, I have to listen to it now. I haven't heard it yet. <sighs> Right. I mean, dude, I've been so balls deep in metal writing this new Dead Crown shit that I've actually been on a huge metal break. Oh. I'm giving my ears a huge break from metal. Yeah, that makes sense. You need to do that every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, I've been listening to so much country. It's sick. <laughs> Fucking love it. Hell yeah. But yeah, I'll have to check that out, but much love for Mice and Men. Mm-hmm. All right. You like Megadeth? Fuck yeah, I do. Cool. You want to hear something? Fuck yeah. So this guy, Chris Adler, he's the former Megadeth drummer. His kit, his drum kit that he used to record uh, Dystopia. Hell yeah. It got destroyed. Whoa, hell no. Yeah. What? How? Well, here's the thing. This goes back to something we talked about last week. Oh. It got destroyed in the Betraying the Martyrs van fire. Wait, what? Yeah. They were apparently borrowing his drum kit, and when their van blew up, that 
that drum kit got destroyed. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And damn, so what's what's the backlash with that? I mean, he's probably, he's cool about it, right? I don't know. It didn't really say in the article, yeah. but I would assume that he's probably fucking bummed. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like a, that's a kit that could have been, like, in a museum someday. Or, Dude. like, uh, or not a museum, but a ho like, a lobby at Rock Hard, at uh, yeah. least. Yeah. That's an important piece of yeah. music history. Um, So I'd be like, fuck, but also, why are you renting out that kit? You're uh-huh. in Megadeth, you probably have well, he used kits to be. out the ass. He oh, used he to used be. to be. Yeah, okay. F- former drummer. Oh, okay. But. Man, that sucks. Yeah, I just thought that was crazy dude yeah r.i.p to that drum kit (laughs) so then uh all right so we're in august now yeah last month was july and uh, i found a couple things there uh basically we're gonna call this uh music throughout history okay so basically i found uh three albums that came out in the month of july okay and uh first one we got metallica kill them all 36 okay. years old. Whew. Damn. I'm not even going to front like I listened to Kill em All. Yeah. I understand what that album did for music history, but uh, it's definitely not the era of Metallica I'm about and that record. Yeah, it's 36 years old, right? Yeah. Kind of sounds like dog shit. It's hard to listen to, <laughs> in my opinion. But that's me. I'm a music snob and I'm, yeah. But God damn it. That's sick. Then we got uh, Marilyn Manson's first studio album. Damn. Uh Portrait of an American Family came out 25 years ago. Was that the big banger one? I uh, don't think so. Okay. It's his first one. Yeah, so it, pro- it wasn't the, the beautiful people. No, no, okay. not that one. That was a couple albums later, I think. That shit was all over WWE. Dude, fuck, fuck <laughs> it was yeah. sick, yeah. It wasn't the SmackDown intro for a while? I think so. It was either SmackDown or Raw, but it was it was definitely. The and then intro. I remember it was on the the video game too. Yeah. So every menu Dude, loaded that screen was beautiful people. Yeah. That song has been in like almost every video game from like the early 2000s. Dude, so true. That song, and then um, there's one Avenged Sevenfold song that's like not even a their best song that's in like every fucking video game, and it's super annoying. Right. Yeah. It's just like what the fuck, dude. <laughs> Out of all songs, you pick this one. <laughs> Dude, speaking of Avenged Sevenfold, their first studio album, Sounding the Seventh Trumpet. Oh, now you got me, baby. That was released July how many years ago? 18 years ago. Oh. It's legal. Dude, it's le- you can fuck it now. <laughs> <laughs> you can fuck with it. Oh, hell yeah. Dude, yeah, Avenged Sevenfold is, yeah, they're pretty crucial to my, my upbringing and in screamo, yeah, yeah, in metalcore. Oh, uh, it was. I got into sound of the that album after um, I found Waking the Fallen, but Waking the Fallen was like one of my first like I guess metalcore records that I fucked with heavy, dude. and that album still holds up. Every song on that album's a fucking banger. Do people try and like say that they don't like Avenged Sevenfold? But it's like you do. Everyone is a fan. It's just like Nickelback. Yep. Yeah, it's like you can't let me put on this Nickelback song if you say you don't like it. Sorry, you're just wrong and stupid. Yeah. Because they have bangers. Couldn't have said it better myself. Exactly, yeah. Same thing with Avenged Sevenfold. If you say you don't like Avenged Sevenfold, you're just fucking lying, and you're not cool for saying you don't like Avenged Sevenfold. Sounds about right. And they rip live. Dude. They're a sick live band. I haven't gotten to see them. I've seen their live videos, but I haven't actually gotten to see them live. Dude, so M. Shadows, on record, you'd think like, man, because he actually does some pretty hard shit. 
vocally. He's, he's got a range. And, and yeah, he's got a range. He does funky, weird melodies and shit, weird runs. Um, he's fucking phenomenal live. Spot on live. Really? Dude, yeah, he's great. Just kills it? Acts like it's no big thing? Yeah. God damn. Oh, well, he knows he's the shads. <laughs> you know, he, he he's like, look at me, motherfucker. Got the aviators on. Oh, fuck. He wears the aviators live all the time? Yeah, I saw him outside, though, so it made sense. But he, oh. I know you know he wears them inside, too, Probably. when it's dark. Probably wears them to bed. You, you, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know he wears those fuckers to bed. <laughs> so true. God damn. But, yeah, what's, what's next on taking shouts? Dude. I think that's it. That's it for this week. Yeah, man. All right. Well, without uh, further ado, we're going to get Brandon on the line. And, uh, yeah, let's fucking do this. We got Brandon Elgar from Palisade. Let's do it. Let's go. Brandon, what's going on, man? Hi, Kendall. How are you? I'm good. How are you, baby? I miss you. <laughs> I miss you too, man. I'm doing good, though. Uh, just in little little Toledo, Ohio. Just uh, having another rest day before we start back up tomorrow. But how are you? Dude, I'm good. I'm good. I was just thinking about it today because you guys are coming back to Portland uh, this fall with Star Set. And yes, we are. it, it kind of just made me think back about all the times you come to town. And it's kind of no secret that uh, whenever me, you, and Brighton get together, it's <laughs> like yeah. we, ha- we have a really good time. <laughs> we always have a good time. I always love hanging with you boys. And just, yeah, Portland is always like, it's like one of my favorite cities to go to whenever we go on tour. So, dude, yeah, yeah, you guys. But I was thinking about it. I'm like, dude, at the end of the night or just throughout the night, we kind of just end up being this like little like three pack of trolls. Just strolling, like strolling around the venue, and I'm like, "Why is that?" And I was like, "Oh, wait, it's because we probably think we we look super cool, but <laughs> me and Brighton are like low key off, just casually puking." Oh my god! <laughs> and we're always just fu- like, fucked up beyond belief. Yes, we always like to have excessive amounts of beer or yeah. like liquor. Yeah, we like to have fun though, and. Honestly, nobody really cares anyways because everybody loves loves you guys and loves us, so it's all. Oh, good. dude, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was saying, I was like, dude, Brandon's like out of everyone in like the industry people I've hung out with and stuff. Like me and you go back, we have history, but like the best times I've had with people in the music industry, like you, the nights that we've had in Portland, are some of my favorite. 
dude they're all my favorite <laughs> like, i love every every single night of it dude it's dude. all like i and i'm really excited to come back with star set like that tour is gonna be fucking yeah. awesome so with that i was thinking because so hopefully we won't be gone it's looking like we're probably gonna have a fall release but i mean i'm i'm probably gonna be in town i better be in town if not, i'm gonna be pissed but maybe this yeah. time around we should organize our chaos a little bit and maybe like do something or plan something. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, we have been talking about that Vegas trip for a long time, and oh. I think we actually need to like get it planned already and just actually do it. We I do mean, need I'm to do a Vegas trip. <laughs> like I've been di- like dying to do that still with y'all. Oh man, just imagine how we are in Portland. Just like what that would be like in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> it would just be a shit show. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't mind getting buried in Vegas. Why not? <laughs> Dude, yeah, fuck it. But uh, but so so with all that history, uh, you know, I know you from back in, in the my old band's days. You were in an, a band called I Salent. I was in a band called We Resitize. We did our first tour together. Uh, well, sure. not our first tours, but, you know, that's like where we met each other. And I remember... Where we, where we crossed paths. Where yes. we crossed paths. And then we've just kind of like kept in contact ever since but uh with that being said you know i guess take me back how did music start for you um and you you've got like a kind of different story than most people with how you've gotten into palisades and where all you've been it's kind of like it's kind of amazing so i mean how how'd you start getting into music and what's what's the fucking journey man (laughs) well i got into music probably about 13 14 years ago um, I before I got into music, I was really into skateboarding, but I ended up breaking my the right growth plate in my ankle at oh, a church shit. one day. So I was like, okay, no more skateboarding for me. And then literally, <laughs> like within like the next week, I like really started listening to um, like System of a Down a lot and Slipknot and all this stuff. And I my friends were equally like into these bands as I was, and we we just kind of like started messing around a little bit, like like on guitars that we didn't even know how to play. It was like their parents' guitars and uh, kind of kind of just like lit the light bulb that like, okay, let's let's try like making some music, trying that out. And then obviously like it took a few years to like for bands to start getting formed and stuff because I didn't know how to sing a note to save my life or play guitar to save my life. So yeah, I had to which, kinda... which you, <laughs> you have a voice of an angel. So like when did singing start coming into that play? Singing started probably junior, probably junior year of high school, junior year. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, so probably when I was like seventeen. Um, but yeah, um, I took one class in uh, senior year of high school. It was vocal ensemble. It was only for a little amount of time though. But um, other than that, I strictly watched mute, like videos on YouTube of, on how to sing and like certain techniques and like how to do it and everything and kind of grew off of singing from that. And then, uh, I graduated, got out of high school and then, yeah. And then for like moving on the process, I moved into this apartment. I started doing covers and that's when I did the what was me cover when Tyler Carter quit. And I got kind of a, like, um, like a branding from that as far as singing uh, a lot yeah. of people were like, trying to get me to be the singer for what was me and all that stuff and kind of built my name pretty well from that then 
after that, I met the Sirena boys from Jersey. And then that's how, oh yeah. And then I was in that band for like a couple years. Didn't work out. Joined a band I assailant, which how I met you from. Yeah. And I was in that band for a couple years. Only did like one or two tours and played Warp Tour a couple times, but obviously didn't work out. And then I started the band Lifelines from New York through my friend Justin Peeling. And um, during that time, we released an EP, and then that was when I got hit up from Palisades yeah. to join that band. And real quick, side note. So the first time I saw Aya Salent play, like the first day uh-huh. of the tour, I was like, yo, this Brandon motherfucker, like I always <laughs> said to myself, I was like, he's either going to do something or someone's going to pick him up. Like this guy's too good. <laughs> you know, you were just you were like the diamond in the rough. It's like, why is this kid playing out of on a fucking half pipe right now in front of ten <laughs> kids? You know, like I was like, someone's gonna like see this kid and do something with him. And then when I found out Palisades hit you up, I was like, dude, it's about fucking time, man. Like it's about time <laughs> you got that because you, you deserve it. You're a talented motherfucker. So thanks, man. Yeah. So you you joined thanks. Palisades and uh, how was that? How was that transition? Honestly, it was very, very. I don't. I don't know. It was very just unexpected, to be honest. And it, everything kind of it happened started fast, didn't it? Yeah, like within like within a month, I was already on my first tour with them. And what I like, honestly, at the time, I was still living in Georgia at this time, uh, working as like a manager at this bar. And but. So I, ha- I still had to like pay off my house that I was living at at the time, <laughs> like pay off the- like I had to pay that off before I could move to Jersey. So I had to do all this, still practice all the songs that we were doing on the first tour that I was about to go out with them, and all in like a month's time. And it was probably yeah, definitely like one of the hardest months of my life. But once I finally got to Jersey and we finally got to the first date of the tour, just. It's all history from there. <laughs> like yeah. just yeah, it's just like we've been touring nonstop since I joined. Made two albums, and it's been uh, it's been quite a ride. It's been it's gonna be coming on four years almost. Yeah, in February. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's been sick. You know, you're you're one of my first friends, kind of in this industry that I've seen, or have had the pleasure to like see. You know, you go from you know basically from rags to riches is the best way to put it (laughs) oh my gosh yeah (laughs) you know and it's been so sick like seeing you do all this shit and stuff but real quick before we start diving into the palisades shit um you were like runner up to hans to be a what was me right yes let's just like you play this out for a second how sick would it have been if you were in what was me it probably actually wouldn't have been sick but how sick would it have (laughs) been (laughs) like now that i look back on it it's like a like yeah like now that i look back on it like it would have been that one album and then would have been done you know what i mean oh yeah but like, i but now that i look back at it i'm kind of glad it didn't happen just because like the direction that they went after they had hands it just was not a direction that i didn't want to go yeah which is like it's more power to them like i like i love heavy shit like obviously but i guess for like for my voice like it's just like I don't know if it would have fit, yeah, quite like quite well, and like I just kind of needed something that was just a little bit more, like rock on the lighter side. Yeah, and but that's also just like a huge testament to your voice and your talent. You know, being runner up to basically fill Tyler Carter's shoes, which you probably get compared to Tyler Carter a lot, don't you? 
Not anymore. Not anymore. Okay. <laughs> Not anymore. When I first joined Palisades, yes, all around. <laughs> Sounded like Tyler's clone, but um not anymore i kind of like throughout the years i've really developed my my own sound and my own techniques with what i do and stuff and i finally found my own voice which is something i've been trying to do for 14 years now and it's finally done and yeah it's kind of be good to be known for brandon elgar the guy who sounds like brandon elgar than, than the guy who sounds like tyler carter yeah fuck yeah i totally agree with that um and speaking of the transition uh so you, you replaced a guy in Palisades, and his name was also Brandon. Yes. Uh, so that was already kind of confusing. But besides that, <laughs> like from uh, the Palisades fan base, you know, um, when you came into the picture and stuff, how was that transition? Was was it kind of – because I know you're, you're Brandon Elgar now, the dude in Palisades now, but back then when it was transitioning, you know, did fans – how did you feel from, you know, their built-in uh, audience? You know, who's this – you know, what was the reaction that they had to this new brand? Honestly, it was, it was kind of like, I don't know. It honestly wasn't bad. Like I thought I was going to get like a lot of shit about like joining because they, they basically have branded themselves for a long time. And so I thought there would be a little bit of like shit talking here and there, but there actually wasn't like there was for the, for a long period of time, like after like a year or so, there were still people that were like, wait, when did they kick out the old Brandon? Like, that, like I don't know, a lot of people didn't even know that it happened because it was a very small announcement when I did join. Yeah. So not a lot of people even knew it happened, but um, I guess when people actually came out and saw the difference in, in the live show and how it was now than it was then, like, I think, I don't know, I think a lot of people kind of appreciated where it was going and where it went. And Well, yeah, because you fucking kill yeah. it live. You're fucking great live. <laughs> Thank you. I try. I try my best. I try my best too. No, yeah, it's... you're great. But so now moving on. So with Palisades, like Jesus Christ, your guys' schedule is insane. You guys have been all over the fucking world. It feels like. Um, yes. And then just recently, uh, you guys were playing Rock USA, and your set got canceled because of weather. Um, yes. What? What the fuck happened there? What was that like? <laughs> so. We got there. We were uh, we were a little early. We showed up like maybe a couple hours early, and then um, everything was literally fine. Like it was bright out. The sun was shining. Like yeah. birds singing. All this, <laughs> all this shit. But then <laughs> all of a sudden, like all of a sudden, just just black cloud just comes out of nowhere. Oh shit! And everybody starts evacuating. Evacuating. We start hearing from somebody that there is a tornado that touches down five miles away. Whoa! So immediately. Everybody goes in a panic, freaks out. We get in our our trailer green room that we had behind main stage, and we can see all the shit blowing around. It starts raining pretty heavy, but I used to live in Wisconsin, so I've been I've dealt with tornadoes before, and I was like, this is way too light for like a tornado to touch down and hit us right now. Like it's yeah. definitely like this just doesn't seem right. I even texted some friends that I had in Wisconsin, and even them, even them, they were like, yo, this is like nothing. There's like no tornadoes around here, but it is, does look like hell, hell is about to come down on earth. But, um, anyways, after about 30 minutes, it clears up stage manager comes to our room and he's like, all right, well, it looks like we're going to be able to set you guys up on your stage at one forty, same time still. Like, Fuck yeah. Cool. So we start setting everything up, get everything ramped about stage. Then the manager comes back and 
words verbatim. He's just like, all right, so uh, the world isn't fair. And oh, you guys, you guys are not playing today because apparently there's a second wave coming in about 45 minutes to an hour. And that's during y'all set times. And you're basically going to get all your equipment messed up if you go on stage and do the normal set time. So, so we had to pack everything back up into our trailer and we didn't get to play. And what's even funnier is that that hour went by and then two hours went by. I stayed at the festival for the whole day. And it didn't even rain hard at all for the rest of the day. So no. could have still played, but they didn't have their weather. So that sucked. I was really bummed because I was looking forward to playing this festival for a long time. Like yeah. I, had, I had friends that came out. Like I, I still have like some family and stuff from there too in Wisconsin. But um, they ended up couldn't coming couldn't come out. But I guess it was kind of good that they did it anyways because we didn't even play. But it still would have been yeah. fun to see them, at least. I would have liked to see them, at least. But, um, but yeah, it was, definitely was a pretty big bummer. But hopefully next year we'll be able to. Yeah, so did did they pick up the festival eventually later, though? So it wasn't yeah, like yeah. Okay. Yeah, like the festival still went on. So they just kind of pushed everybody up like a tiny bit. Yeah. And so everybody, I think doors opened at like 3, and then the first band was at like 3.30. And our set was supposed to be at 140, so they basically pushed doors up like an hour and a half, and then okay, so it wasn't complete. It wasn't complete fucking like chaos and just hell breaking loose. That's good. I'm glad that yeah, yeah. because that would have sucked. (laughs) Yeah, Disturb still played. Like I still hung out and hung out with my friends and everything, but uh, but yeah, it was still a good time. Um, yeah, it was just a few bands that were cut from the bill, but. What can you do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, and it's cool that they, you know, at least took caution because, you know, what if that big thing did come in and they were like, you know, exactly. your shit did get fucked up. Then it would have been like, oh, man, that would have sucked even harder. Then we're out of all this equipment that is not easy to replace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So speaking of festivals, um, recently you guys actually played Rock AM Ring, which that's kind of like every band wants to play Rock AM Ring. Um, oh, yes. And it was like live streamed and all that stuff. The set was fucking amazing. Um, just mm-hmm. from from your perspective, how was that? Um, we were all stupid nervous. Um, even I was pretty nervous. Like I watched like some of my favorite bands growing up playing at that festival, like on those stages and everything. So it was definitely just like like a, definitely a dream come true, as like cliche as that sounds, but uh, yeah. a dream come true to like play that festival, like and to like just go up on that stage and see all those people that were interested in seeing us that early. We were the first band to play. Oh so, yeah. Fuck. And so, yeah, like we had all those people come and watch us and before we got on, we were stupid nervous, but once we got on and got off afterwards, we were just like, yo, like that was, it was incredible experience. Rock Am park yeah. was just as incredible. It was a lot hotter at rock Am park. Rock Am ring was really cold, but, but it was definitely it was definitely a huge like, like standpoint for our band yeah. just because not a, lot, not a lot of people have seen us on a stage like that, mm-hmm. either like on a stream or in person. So a lot of people were just like, whoa, like this band is actually finally doing some cool shit, like some bigger shit. And yeah. hopefully, we're hoping that like the next time we come out to Europe, we can like sell out huge rooms next time we go there. And or even just now in the U.S., if 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, was, for sure. It was definitely just like, <clears throat> it was definitely, it was just, it was a great experience. Yeah. And now, was this also the same performance where you guys' uh, IEMs were fucking acting up and shit? The, oh, the in-ears? Yeah. Yes. Our oh, in-ears shit. were acting up hard because we were only allowed certain frequencies when we're overseas. So, and like, if we're not on those frequencies, we'll get fined like $10,000. And, and for people that. listening, uh, so that was a dead stage, right? A what? The Rock AM, that was a dead stage. So like no monitoring or anything. And you guys run everything through your ears, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, so without right. those, you guys are kind of like fucked, right? Yes. Okay. Like if we don't have those, then yeah, we don't usually have monitors on stage when we play. So if we were completely out of them, we definitely would have had a rougher show than we <laughs> than we did. But thankfully yeah. they all – like it still worked, but it was just such a big stage and the frequencies were just all over the place because the weather was a little funky that day too. So. Yeah. Um, so it was like shit just like cutting out or what was, yeah, like all of our ears were just cutting out really heavy. A lot of us had to take out one ear just to like kind of hear what we were doing exactly. Oh, but, um, but yeah, it it is a little rougher when you're doing overseas festivals and stuff with just like the certain frequencies, especially like a a stage that big and and in an area that big, that's like outdoor and shit. Like even when you took one ear out, could you really even hear anything? Um, I mean, I could, I, I, even though we were outside, it like, I don't know, a guy said, I guess like the way it echoed throughout the park, like I could still hear like decently what, if I'm hitting the note correctly or not, but not yeah. where I'm like, yes, that's the exact note. But I, I mean, I don't know. I've been singing these songs for a long time. So I like to hope that I have the good enough, like muscle memory for knowing which notes I'm hitting and all that stuff. Oh yeah. And that's, that's the thing. I, I remember like watching the performance and stuff and you you had this i can't remember what song it was but you did this fucking insane vocal run and i was just like that's my fucking boy and it just sounded you just killed it man thank you i think i think you told me it was player haters Uh, yeah it was player haters yeah yeah yeah. fucking hell yeah so with all these festivals because you guys have been playing a fuck ton of festivals like i'm just like damn brandon's just like all over the fucking map right now this is crazy. <laughs> Out of all these festivals you guys have done, which ones have been like your favorite to play? Oh man, oh man, it's, oh man. That's oh, a man. hard one, huh? <laughs> that is that is a hard one, yes. Um I mean this year we only did three festivals. Yeah. We only did Rock Rock Game Ring, Rock and Park, and Download. And out of those three this year, I'd probably have to say download was my favorite. Okay. Da- I don't know. Download I don't know. Download's just like we played there once before and honestly the first time we played download there was like maybe two three hundred kids maybe yeah that watched us but this last time we played we had maybe like seven eight thousand fuck (laughs) and it was like the whole tent was filled up and it was it was just sick like the sound was really great everybody that worked there was just amazing and it was just i don't know download was definitely probably my favorite this year, but obviously they're all great. But yeah, that yeah. one really just stuck out to me really well. But my, all, uh, another one of my favorites though was probably, <clears throat> uh, probably louder than life that we did a couple years ago as well. It, where's that one at? That one's in uh, Kentucky. Okay, word. Yeah, and uh, we opened up that day at I think at like eleven a.m. and played in front of like ten thousand people. That's so insane, man. And yeah, like 
nearly shit our pants before we did that one. <laughs> that was that was definitely the biggest crowd that we played to. And we just weren't expecting that to happen either. Like before, while we were setting stuff up, there was like nobody up there yet. And then went away, came back, and then we just looked out before we played. And we're like, ah, shit. <laughs> like, uh, here we go, guys. Yeah, uh, let's go. Nobody puke on stage, please. Uh, Damn. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Louder Than Life was incredible. But um, I don't know. I really love playing festivals. So like festivals is probably like one of my favorite things to do. It's like it's always a good time. Yeah, I know. It's always great seeing the pictures and stuff like just these insane crowds that you guys play in front of. And I'm just like, that's that's fucking Brandon, the kid that I played a show <laughs> in a fucking half pipe with. Like, it's, it's crazy, dude. It's fucking awesome. But uh, so, yeah, your guys' schedule is fucking relentless. You guys are on the road. Uh, like a fuck ton like it's scary like how much you guys are on the road almost yeah i think this year we've only had maybe six to eight weeks off so far dude and that's crazy so it's like that's that's the next question i have is um that has to take a toll on you mentally you know like where does that put your head and what do you do to keep your head on straight like i mean well yeah just like what's it like and how does that fuck with your head um Honestly, it's like it's definitely an emotional roller coaster just trying to balance everything out that you have. Like especially like yeah. if you have a girlfriend and you like a girlfriend back home and you have family that you'd like to see and stuff like that. It definitely is hard to balance it out, but I guess I don't know. I guess what just kept, keeps me going is the just the fact that I'm just like I've been wanting to do this since I was like 13 or 14 and Yeah like just play shows every day, play music that I love and be with my best friends while doing it. And I guess it's like, I, I just feel very, I don't know, just, I feel kind of just lucky in a way to be able to do what I do. So I try to yeah try my best just to appreciate everything that happens every day. Like even if it's a shit day, something bad happens. It's like, no matter what, it's like, it's a blessing doing what we do. And like having all these people that come out to watch us is also a blessing. And it that's for me, that's what keeps me going a lot is just like talking to new people. I hate sitting in green rooms. I'm always out. I have to talk to like everybody most yeah. of the time. And it's like, I don't know, like I just that keeps me going a lot. And just like my family being very supportive, all my friends that are very supportive. Like there are there have been times throughout this year where I've been in a pretty like bad, like depress like depressing mental state yeah yeah like there was like a good couple months where i was pretty like fucked up in the head from it i was waking up crying almost every day and Damn. it was getting yeah like it was getting really hard for a moment but it just um i kind of had to like put some bring some people out of my life that i thought that were kind of toxic and i had to bring in some more people that i kind of felt like i let drift off a bit too far and try to bring them back into my life a little bit to kind of helped me get through that because yeah. it's like you can't, you can't go through this depressing state of like being like sometimes like sometimes like like being in a band and stuff like you can't do it alone and you always have to talk to people about it and for a moment like for a good point in time i just felt yeah like i was just on the outside of everything and i just finally just needed to get back on the path that i was before with being happy with everything and i did and everything's great now yeah, and life is fucking sick. And yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, and it, and I'm and I'm. We talked a little bit before. I'm I'm glad that you're doing better and stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. But so 
but with how much you guys tour, like I don't know many other bands or, or people that I'm friends with that tour as much as you guys. Like, do you have a sense of home, or 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 are you just living the you know the Metallica cliche like the road is my home? You know? Honestly, honestly, yeah. Like right now, the road is pretty much my home right now. Yeah. But I, I obviously I live with Aaron, our drummer, back in Jersey. And like, yeah, it's like their parents like are really great. Aaron's really great. They're very supportive of everything and um and all that stuff. But it's like, but yeah, I, I definitely like, I de- definitely not home as much to make it seem like it feels like home. So yeah, basically that fifteen passenger tin can that I travel U.S. with is my home right now. And that's <laughs> fucking insane because yeah, that that fifteen passenger tin can. It's not just you. There's there's how many people in your band and crew? Like seven of you total? Uh, right now there's six of us. There's six of you guys? Yeah. And yeah. that's, you know, for, you know, like you said, you've only been home six weeks out of this year. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a <laughs> lot of bodies in a tiny little moving can. Jeez, you, know? you are telling me. You're I telling know. Me. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess, is there any struggles or any advice or anything you could give to people who do want to do what you're doing and maybe what they can <laughs> see um, what they're getting themselves <laughs> into with all this shit. Definitely. Definitely. Having, having patience is a big part of this, of being like in a band and everything. Oh, yeah. Things do not happen overnight. And a lot of people think that it does. Like some people think that like it's all partying and it's all like just playing shows and hanging out with like, women and and friends and all that stuff but it's really not like like to be able to build like a huge like foundation for your band it's like it takes a lot of hard work it's literally yeah it's like you can't stop working you always have to be writing you always have to be creative and everything at least from what we do yeah (laughs) Uh, it's like yeah being patient with your band being patient with things happening and um, and, and always obviously finding the most dedicated people to be a part of this band. Yeah, you don't yeah. want people that are just going to half-ass it. If, like if this is like a ride or die type of job. Yeah, it's so your it's fucking either life. You do it, yeah. yeah, it's either you do it or you don't do it. Yeah, like if for you're real. Put in a hundred percent, then don't even fucking think about doing it. <laughs> like, yeah, and that just sparked another question. So with you guys being gone all the time, uh, for for me at least in my cir- circumstances, I'm I'm just a very anxious fucking guy so i take on kind of the pressures of the road with my band sometimes i do a lot of the driving i do a lot of you know that stuff but when even i'm doing that for these small runs i feel like man i have no time for a lot of things and but you guys are out here doing this all the time and still managing to write fucking music like how do you guys write on the road um hotel rooms okay (laughs) um literally like hotel rooms airbnbs like we were just off for a whole week so we set up we have like this portable home studio that we bring with us all the time and if we're off for a few days we'll set up our little studio like in a hotel room on a desk and we'll just start writing damn yeah it's yeah. just like a it's just a portable studio it's it's definitely like it's definitely a little bit of a process getting it into the hotel and back out to the trailer and everything but yeah i mean if you have enough time to do it then why not (laughs) yeah and and for you guys you know with how busy you are it's probably like every second fucking counts kind of thing yes every second counts and just having the most material that you can have before you go into the 
like recording process yeah. is that like like going in with like five demos like is not for us like it just can't cut it like when we went into the studio to record the last album we went in with like 20 25 damn full demos that's insane bro <laughs> yeah like i <laughs> we can't went even with a lot of shit and then we scrapped like 15 of them obviously so yeah fucking hell that's crazy but so if you don't mind uh you're a good friend of mine so i feel like i can ask you this um mm-hmm. but you know with where palisades and at and everything everything you know people outside of the industry might think um that you know you guys are rolling in money or rolling in all the richer riches and like living living a pretty good life but what's the actual reality on the financial side for a band like you guys if you don't mind i know it's i'm asking about money and it's that's a personal thing so only if you're comfortable with it but yeah no no it, no, yeah, you're fine. Um, so a lot of the money that comes into being in a band, a lot of it goes into pretty much everything else other than like our pockets. When I say that, it goes to usually some better production, lights, um, or better crew, getting great sound guys, getting great videographers for great content, um, being able to buy the things that we need, like our inner systems and all this stuff. And like... Also, obviously, paying managements, paying labels, yeah. stuff like so. Like the money we make, like it's it's good, but we always put it mostly back into the band just so we can put on better shows for people in the future. Yeah. So and then, like, so, so then with that, sorry to interrupt you. So how how do you live? How do you guys as people and members live? You know. I mean, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, we'll still get paid like a, like amounts here and there, but obviously, it's just. It's just enough to keep us comfortable while we, while we build ourselves to be bigger. And then like, once we start putting in all this money to have bigger shows, and then once we have the bigger shows, that's, it'll just bring in more money and then more money will be able to go into our pockets to be able to like, start, um, like having our own houses and stuff like that. And to be able, you know, like just like stuff like that, buying cars or like, you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But right now we're just in, in just such a stage of just branding our band and just making sure that everything runs smoothly that like basically, yeah, all our money right now is strictly just to go back into the band and to give on a better show. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, but I mean, by no means, I guess, you know, you guys aren't living the fucking high life, huh? No. <laughs> I mean, I'm in a I'm in a quality inn that's like fifty bucks a night right now. <laughs> Fucking hell. So, and it's like it smells like cockroaches. <laughs> oh shit! Is it is so it kind of like, nasty? Yeah, like it's <laughs> it's pretty bad. And it took us like like thirty minutes to check in because I guess like I don't know if they just don't know what they're doing today. I have no idea. Well, it's then, a quality inn, so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like we walk, walked into the hallways. The hallways smell terrible. Like I think it's definitely the carpets. So. Damn. Yeah. So yeah, we're not living the high life. We don't live in five star hotels. We live in low ones, and like we definitely get by each day, but it's like we do it though for a good reason exactly like, yeah, yeah. Go, you have to go through the grind if you want to like yeah and that's what i've always admired about you guys uh i've had a lot of talks with matt too and i would love to get matt on the show that guy 
I can bullshit with him about the back end of things for days. I feel like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you guys are always putting stuff back in, and I've always respected that. Because if you guys wanted to, you probably could just cash out and just go. You know, we could. You could. I mean, we, yeah, we could. But it just like that. Just we're not like none of us are like down for that yet. Like we want to. We want to fucking play some arenas. Like we don't want to. Yeah. Like, like we love the club touring, but obviously, I don't. I think everybody would like to see us in an arena one day. <laughs> oh yeah, and I would love to too. You you know I'll be side stage fucked up as hell. <laughs> <laughs> God I'm pouring what? drinks for you, hand them to you God. when you come side stage. <laughs> See that, like, yeah, like that's the thing. Like, that's that's what we want to work to, and like, we we're just not at that stage yet, and that's why we're willing to sacrifice our like having no money for right now to be able to get to that point and be able to give people a show that like they'll always fucking remember. Exactly, man. The grind doesn't stop. That's I fucking I love that. You very just I respect you guys for doing that. You know, and it's mm-hmm. cool. It's fucking cool. Um, so another question, uh, that I have moving on a little bit. So you guys did erase the pain with Howard Benson, correct? Oh, yes. Okay. So real quick, before I ask the question, just what is Howard Benson's reputation? Cause he's worked with bands like my chemical romance and three days grace. Um, mm-hmm. what, and I know he has a reputation within the industry. So like, what is that reputation? Like before you guys went to the studio, what did you know about Howard Benson? Honestly, we didn't really know much about his reputation just because like we I I mean me personally, I didn't know that Howard Benson was still even recording bands at like before we even got the gig with him and everything. We found this all out through our management just because um our manager has worked with him in the past before. And so we didn't really know what to expect. And but he was He's really traditional. Like he records everything the traditional way. It's not like how a lot of I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of bands nowadays they do they just like do the recording process differently and like maybe with drums first or oh yeah vo- like vocal or no with vocals first. Like there's been a couple times I recorded with Palisades and the producers have wanted to do like vocals first and I'm not used to that really yeah, that's too weird. I mean I I have nothing against it but like. To like go back to that traditional way uh, that Howard Benson does it, it was kind of a breath of fresh air because I love recording traditionally like that. Yeah, like it's doing drums, guitars, vocals, like bam, done. And um, but as far as his reputation goes and stuff, like he's insanely respected by I feel like everybody. I mean, oh yeah, he definitely created some of the best albums that have came out like in our generation. You know what I mean? And yeah. yeah. And so I feel like, yeah, he's definitely still very high up there. He's still friends with a lot of people. I, I'm pretty sure he still attended the Grammys, so he's still a badass in that way. Fucking uh, hell, yeah. Like, <laughs> but um, but he, was, he was honestly, he was so great to work with, at least for me. I had a blast working with him. He was great. He's great to work with vocally. He's a genius with a piano and, and just with everything else he knows inside his head. I don't know how he does it, but yeah, he's incredible producer and i i would recommend any any anyone to him but just be careful because if you don't know your shit don't go in there yeah so that's that's kind of like going to the question like how was it actually making a, a record with howard benson because I've, I've heard some stories from you and it's um in you know the things i've heard around the industry is like the dude's a fucking hard ass um he'll definitely yeah. test you 
push you to your limits. Uh, so I guess yeah. like, how was that whole experience for you? I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, like we definitely got our asses chewed a couple times. I can admit that. <laughs> um, I mean, like we, we just weren't prepared for it. Like we definitely had the music, but none of us were really prepared. Like, physically just because we kind of we like we wrote everything on the computer and everything like that so which is which is very common like that's that's i I wouldn't say you guys weren't prepared it's just the traditional thing you know yeah like we we just weren't prepared like physically for like so like we would write these songs on the guitar but then we would like kind of forget how to play them just because we haven't played them in a while because we're like we tour non-stop and stuff so we we went into the studio and we kind of didn't really fully remember how to play everything here and there and there was like times where Howard Benson came on us and he was like yo do y'all need like a few more fucking days to like go over your shit and like figure it out and we were like whoa like we like we felt terrible but we were like no you know what like we're gonna grind through this we're gonna keep rolling like like rolling on like guitars and drums as far as vocals he he made lou and i hit notes that i like notes that we're not used to hitting so like probably like the highest like notes in like our register and stuff like that definitely made us try new things that we haven't tried before um but he he is still vocally he's great to work with he's very like easygoing with vocals just because it's like he doesn't really look for so much of like hitting the note he looks for emotion more yeah the delivery so, yeah he yeah. he doesn't really care if like like if you're a little pitchy here and there like, like that's not his main concern which, just like, which is sick yeah. as fuck because i'm i'm not a clean singer you know i just do ignorant metal so i just scream but that's one thing that <laughs> i've always for myself wanted and i've worked with people who didn't get that where it's like you know i i need to i need you to tell me if this delivery is on point you know, doesn't have to be technically the the perfect take or whatever, but I I need someone there to be like, you know, this is what I'm going for. This is like the the, the emotion or the uh, the grit I'm trying to put out. And um, some people just can't fucking do that, and it's it's weird. <laughs> so I I respect that like a ton. I think that's cool as fuck. So he just was that, I guess, like putting so much emotion and so much work and effort behind those vocals i mean how much time did it take you how was it high stress like how was it um it was definitely it definitely did get a little stressful throughout the process we were there for a month and almost every night we had to have like meetings over everything about like how we can be better how we can like push harder and stuff and try to understand that like these people are like the real deal and we need to fucking deliver like we, I, you know what I mean? Like deliver yeah. at our full potential. Like there's like, there's really no way we can half ass when we're working with people like this. Like it just, you can't do it. No, and, no, not at all. And it's like, it was, it was very stressful for, for a few of us. Like, but, um, I think recording an album is always stressful. Like there's always going to be yeah. stressful, things, but I think for us, like it was just kind of like, I don't know. We, we, we were just really scared that we were going to, kind of let everyone down and but we we literally like we just had to pretty much just punch each other in the faces every day and make sure that we did a hundred percent because there's no way we could release an album that just like flops like with this album yeah that was just released like we had to make sure 
that it was better than the last one, which it was. And yeah, completely did a million times better first week than the last album. And like, as, and as far as Billboard goes, it did great on Billboard and everything. And it's just like, so it definitely just shows that like, how, yeah, like even throughout all the stress, like it's still just, it came out exactly how we wanted. Yeah. So with, with the making of this record and then even with just how much you guys tour at all, um, does that has to have some kind of stress on like the personal relationships in the band? How do you guys manage that? Or are you guys just fucking match made in heaven? And you, you know, but like when shit, shit can't be good all the time. So I guess, you know, how, oh, did that, how did that play on the personal strains and relationships in the band? And like, how do you guys work through that shit? So obviously it's always like, it's always hard to take criticism sometimes. Like there's always like some parts that like will create that maybe not the whole band will like. Well, yeah. And especially when it's coming from like the people who are supposed to be your best friends. Exactly. You know, that's the hardest so, criticism yeah. to take. It's always hard to like hear stuff like that. But at the same time, like it took, it took us a minute to kind of get through that in the beginning. But at the end of the day, like, we kind of we all told ourselves like we were just like no matter what if it's if not the if the whole band isn't on it then we're not on it like we're gonna make a new part and that's just how it's got to be because whatever's for the song is what's most important it's not about who made what part or like stuff like that it's like it has to be the best for the song and it has to be like yeah yeah for sure i feel that that's me and my me and my boys are kind of like on that same boat. Um, thankfully, we don't really have much egos going on, so the writing process is pretty, um, you know, just like it, even if we don't, well, we're always willing to try something. Or it's uh, I'm trying to find the word right now. Uh, it is it's not democratic. That's dumb as fuck. My mind's drawing <laughs> like here. Uh, it's uh, uh, what kind of society do we live in? What's the word? We are a what country? A uh, I'm not good with politics, <laughs> dude. I'm not either. It's not <laughs> diplomatic, but basically, yeah. Um, when when push comes to shove or something like, no, no one has like a big ego with like, well, my part needs to do this. Like, I did this. This has to be. Yeah, there, yeah, or yeah. I'm gonna throw a fucking fit about it. You know, there's nothing like that. It's like, hey, well, worst thing you can ever do is just try out the other side of the the idea or try out this way of doing it and see how you like it. And then if people fucking all agree on it, it is what it is. Is that kind of how it is with you guys? Yes, of course. Yeah. Like whatever. Yeah. Like we can't have walls anymore whenever we're writing music. Yeah. Like we just it can't happen with any band. Like everybody needs to work together equally and everybody needs to have an opinion. Yeah, for so sure. That's what it is. So then with that, so yeah, like you said, erase the pain. Uh, you guys' latest release, it's been huge for you guys, I feel. Um, mm-hmm. And how has this cycle with Erase the Pain been compared to the cycle with you guys' self-titled? What's What have all the differences been? Have you seen that growth? Like, you know, I guess what's what's changed and what are the differences between those cycles? Um. I will say I, I feel like we we got a lot more touring going on. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's for sure. <laughs> but um, uh, as far as like mm, as far as sound goes, we definitely like got a little bit more heavy, a little bit more driving as far as that. Um, 
as far as sales, it completely blew the last album out of the water. Like that's awesome. As far as Billboard goes, we got like no, we got five number ones on Billboard from Fuck that yeah. album, "Race the Pain," and yeah, it's like it definitely was a huge boost from the last album. The last album was basically the like like I said earlier, like the rebrand of our yeah, band. Yeah, yeah. Like from having a new member and having completely new sound bring to, brought to the table. Yeah, taking high and low out of the set. Yeah. <laughs> hey man. Hey man. If you come to a headliner, we might play it. We'll oh, <laughs> real quick, real quick side note. Are, are there any shows you guys have had to play recently where you've had to throw that in? Uh, shit. Uh, I think we did play it at our couple headliners before the Nothing More tour this year. I did think it just, we did. Did it just pop off? <laughs> I Were mean, people yeah. stoked? <laughs> oh yeah, the kids, the kids loved it. The kids fucking loved it. Obviously, it's a great song. I'll give, I'll give, I'll give the people that. Yeah. But we just kind of like, yeah, you know, like just had to kind of yeah. rebrand, and we, that's why we're kind of trying to make like let down the new high and low. But, yeah, for sure. But but then so 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 back back on on topic. Uh, I guess also from um, I guess the perception wise from the last cycle to this cycle, you know. Do you feel like people are looking at you guys or treating you guys differently now? Oh, yes. Yeah, I feel like we definitely have reached like a new level of respect with a lot of people, even with like management and labels and everything. Like, I, like, I feel like people were definitely like, okay, all right, Palisades is doing all right with like the self-titled release. But then once yeah. we like started releasing all this stuff for Race of Pain, I think people were just finally like, oh, shit. Like they're, they actually like, they got this now. Like they finally have their path yeah. and everything. And like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like I have felt like, I have felt that like a lot of people just kind of just thought of, like we were a joke for a while and stuff like, <clears throat> but I don't think that anymore so much. Yeah. So I think, I think people definitely like take us in a more serious way with the new sound and that like, we're just, we're not here to fuck around anymore. Like we're trying to yeah. just, yeah, we're really trying to do it, and we're just trying to connect with everybody, and, and in a better way than just like that. I don't know, like how we yeah. did before, like the whole party music and all that stuff. Like we we wanted to actually connect with people, like emotionally. Fuck yeah, and I'd say that's working out pretty well, huh? <laughs> I'd say so too. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, what what kind of like um, because you know you're you're on a much bigger platform than most of the people I have on this show. Um. What are fan interactions like? Like, do you guys get anything weird ever? Or, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, um, just what's it like being on that platform? You know, you guys are playing big rooms, big places. Um, what, what's the fan interaction like at that level? I mean, I will say, like, obviously, like, we've had a couple, like, we like weird interactions with people that just kind of don't understand, like, the whole, um, like, the bubble thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like they'll kind of get too far into the bubble. Like I've had like a couple people like touch me in really weird ways. Like, like what? Someone yeah. ch- touch your dick or something? No, like not like that. But like people <laughs> would like kind of like they would just like they put their arm around me and I don't really know them too well. But they're like, and then they like put their hand on my head and they're like cr- like rubbing my head like I'm a baby or something. It's oh, just weird. Like, I don't know. 
shit creeps me out. I don't know. I just <laughs> I don't really like people I don't know touching me too much. Like I don't mind yeah. the hugs. That's all fine. I don't mind the hugs. I don't mind the pictures and all that stuff. Yeah, but yeah. If we're just like having a conversation and then like you randomly come up to me and you just start touching me in weird ways, like this is not cool. Like I can't do that. But yeah, yeah. Has anyway, anyone, has anyone tried to kiss you? No. No. Really. <laughs> No, because no, you're, no, no. you're a good-looking guy. Like, I'm surprised no one's came up and just like tried to kiss you. Um, people have asked a Ooh. couple times. Like, well, they've, at least asked, they've like, asked. They've asked. <laughs> yeah, like as like if you're, I'm totally down with y'all asking, but jokes just don't do it because that's not good. <laughs> like there's too much shit going on in the world. 2019 is a dangerous place. Definitely, like Dude, there's it a fucking level, is, man. There's a level of respect, and there's just lines that you just cannot cross no more. Dude, so it's like real. I always treat everybody with like respect and I expect it the same way back. Like I would never touch anybody weird like that. So it's like it's kind of like a back and forth thing. You yeah, know what I mean? for sure. But yeah, people have asked and I've respectfully have said, no, it's probably not a good idea, but I'm, I'm more than glad to take a picture with you. That's fine. Blah, blah, blah. Have, you, have you guys been asked to sign anything weird or like sign a weird body part yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like we've been asked – to sign people's tits before, but obviously we won't do that. Okay. Uh, like, won't do that. We won't do like anywhere like too close to any private areas or anything like that. If it's like your back or like a neck or a wrist or like anywhere other than somebody's private tool area. Yeah, then the titties, the dick or the vage. Yeah, we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I'm telling you, man, like this year is scary. <laughs> yeah, no, you many- can't go anywhere near that for sure. Well, hey, um, that basically about does it. Um, now, if there's anything you need to plug, anything you want to say, uh, just fucking go for it, dog. Um. All right. Yeah, we are hitting the road in or no, we are currently on tour right now from Ashes to New, at Wake at Last and the Funeral Portrait. The tour goes until August 10th, which is also three days before my birthday. How are you? And yeah. <laughs> And then uh, September 13th to November 1st, we'll be at Star Set once again. All of our stuff is available on all social media platforms if you want to come check us out on any of those days and come hang with us. <laughs> and yeah, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I really got. Yeah, come see us on tour. We're still touring. We'll be, we're still going. Yeah, you should go <laughs> see them on tour. They're, they're all sweethearts. Uh, but okay, so what's... Your favorite song off of Erase the Pain and what should I leave people with? Favorite song? I mean, it's probably just, yeah, the song I created, probably Ways to Disappear. It's just the most, like, close. It's a good song. Yeah, it's like the one I connect with the most. I was in a pretty weird state at that time of writing that. And, like, that song is just incredible to me and it has hit a lot of people in ways that it's hit me, so... Definitely say ways to disappear for sure. Okay. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, so I'll leave the people out with that. Once again, Brandon, thank you so much for taking your time to uh, come bullshit with me. Um, I'm stoked for you to come back to Portland so we can finally get back together and reunite the boys. I am waiting for the day. I'm counting them down right now. Dude, (laughs) same. And we'll have to celebrate your birthday or something when we do that too. Hell yeah. All right, fuck yeah. Hey, thank you so much, man. Uh, I'm going to leave him out with uh, that's with uh, Ways to Disappear by Palisades. Thank you so much again, Brandon. Not a problem, buddy.
I find ways 